When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. We weren't good. We weren't good right from the start. We weren't good in the middle. We weren't good at the end. Um, you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we just all of us. We weren't. We weren't very good. Um, we we talked about maybe maybe we need. You know, we we've talked before about maybe we need some practice. Um, we need some practice. Our pace was just terrible, terrible. Um, you know, they they had pace. They they played hard. You know, credit to them for sure, um, but uh, but we didn't have anything to. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's hockey show. Well, it's Judd something. After you heard the uh, post game quotes last night, and that was just tip of the iceberg. Dean Evason, uh, not pleased. A lot of people, not pleased. Zolgad, Declan Goff. Declan was at the game. I was not. I was watching on TV, and I mean, from what I watched, I was told the performance was fine. I was told that was. A good oh, really? Game. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was fed a lot of. Uh, I was fed a lot of of inaccurate statements by a broadcast that mm. then carried the exact press conference you're talking about. In mm. which case, the head coach basically said we were awful, uh, and after I believe it was the second period with the wild by the way at the time ahead two to one um marcus Foligno said we're playing terrible we're not doing things right we're we're horseplay basically but anyway i i i digress you saw uh you saw what i now consider to be the worst game of the season thus far yeah because there's a there is a difference between you lost and you didn't play your best but you showed up okay and so, like, if we go back to Saturday, mm-hmm. v the Kings, mm-hmm. um, the Wild didn't play their best, but I didn't watch that game and think, "Oh, they're they're dogging it. This right. is awful." Sunday against the Knights, the Golden Knights are a good team. Um, I didn't think they're they're dogging this game. What are they doing here? Uh, but after the game against uh, Carolina got canceled on Tuesday, and look, Buffalo is a nice club. Like they're not good, but they try hard. That has nothing to do with the fact that, as Dean said, that loss was all on the wild. And unfortunately, they didn't show up, Declan. Yeah, it was a pretty bad performance. It was their worst loss of the season by far. Um, I I thought the Sabres are, they're just, they aren't a good team. They're not as maybe as bad as they've been in previous years. They might be trending in the best, better direction that they have in the past six, seven years. But it's not a good team. And yeah, I mean, you lose to a Kings team that's not good, okay. You know, that's just that's hockey. You're not going to win every game. You lose to a good Knights team, all right, tip your cap. They were just a better team in, in that night. 
But for you to come out and lose to the Sabres, and then how everyone um, in the post-game press conference carried themselves and had talked about the loss, um, you could tell that they were pissed. Um, Cam Talbot put the, put the blame on himself, which, let me, let me say, number one, love the honesty and the humble, and the humble nature of, uh, of his game, but Cam Talbot was the furthest thing from the Wilds' problem last night. What, uh, Cam Talbot was, was phenomenal. And Talbot said, I, I, can't, I couldn't control my rebounds. The first goal is on me because I had a bad turnover behind my own net. Um, and then for John Merrill to come out, who said the same thing, like that's an inexcusable loss and it's a wake-up call for all of us. Um, you know, I, I think what, what I take away from that game, Judd, and, and I tweeted this out during the course, I believe after the second period when the Wild actually uh, yeah, had the 2-1 lead, I believe, after two because Kirill scored that late goal to give them a 2-1 lead after 40 minutes. I said, I don't know how much longer you can just have Boldy and Rossi in the minor leagues when you're regularly playing Frederick Goudreau. Rask was terrible last night. Um, I don't. You built this great cushion, this start. No one. It doesn't take away from the great start you got off of, and, and it's good. That's why you won all those games. It gives you a little bit of a cushion when you go through a swoon like this. It doesn't derail anything or puts you outside of a bubble. But I don't know how serious and how deep this team can fairly go if Frederick Goudreau is playing a lot of minutes Rask is playing significant minutes I know you and I like Nico Sturm a lot but also eh you know not not really doing a whole lot this year either I think if you insert Boldy and Rossi here shortly that's going to give you so much more firepower you I think I think Billy has to start recognizing that those guys are going to be I think bigger contributors to this club than the other players I just mentioned Billy knows that. The problem is this. Boldy is hurt again. And I don't know. I, I guess Garen said it's not as bad as the first time when he basically, I think, broke his ankle at the end of the preseason with the Wild. But he's been out a lot. And so this is now a problem as far as as graduating him here. Um, I suppose he's going to have to come back and play again and get some time. Because if Boldy was playing on a regular basis this season and not getting hurt, yeah, I'd call him up right now. Rossi, my problem with him is I have no idea where he's at. Like, he's putting up points, uh, which is nice. Um, but the line, so the line of Rascudro and Fiala, I saw the, uh, I saw the postgame charts, um, was a hot mess. And I think part of the problem is this. Uh, Rask gives you a burst of whatever he gives you when he comes down from the press box. I, I, did, it's not a trend. He'll come back. He'll score a goal. The Rask stands will all say, Victor Rask scored a goal. What do you guys, more, what more can you want? You guys are all, and then it's like, okay, let's just wait. And then we wait. And then the problem is, and I don't even know if this is quantifiable or not statistically, but the problem when Rask gets in is whatever line he's on slows the game down. Yep. Uh, because he simply, this is an eye test thing. Just watch him if you go, he can't keep up, which isn't an indictment of him as a person. The reality is the game has literally passed him by. So Rask can't keep up. Goudreau, to me, has definitely um, declined since he came back from COVID. And I don't know if he's still having effects from that or what. But, uh, yeah, that line was awful. The bigger problem, I thought, last night beyond that, though, was that, to your point, like, what did the fourth line do? That fourth line ordinarily brings it. And you were just off for three days. So, like, don't, yeah. well, everybody has off nights. Well, yeah, on the, a back-to-back on the road, you're right about that. Uh, but that the 
the um, Sturm line, I think I noticed them a couple times. I honestly didn't even remember Goudreau was playing until OT when he got a shift. Um, you know, the Caprice-Zuccarello line um, with Hartman definitely had chances. Oh, so I'd Hartman be was awesome. dishonest to say I didn't see them. I did see them. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to accept at some point in in time that Rask shouldn't be playing, and Goudreau at best is probably just a guy. But I just I didn't like the overall tone of that game. I I really was disappointed. That second goal was inexcusable. They lost. They had the puck and lost the puck and acted like they had no idea what to do. And the Sabres, I mean, finally, I think it was the defenseman who just pinched down and scored. He's like, oh, screw it. I'll come down and score. That's the type of thing where when you're going to be as structured and disciplined as Dean wants these guys to be and smart, like they're not good enough to pull those stunts. They just simply aren't. I'll di- I'll disagree from your standpoint that Goudreau wasn't noticeable. I think Goudreau was noticeable, and, and it was all in terrible ways. Um, oh, and, okay. and, and you can be... Um, and there, there are situations in hockey games where you can be not noticeable and you're fine. You're, 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 you're uh-huh. fine. You're, you're not being a liability. You might not be contributing, but you're not being a liability. Goudreau was a liability yesterday. That was all, his, to your point of the second goal, being that was Goudreau. They all, Talbot clears a rebound, um, makes a big save, and then behind his own cage, Kulikov and Goudreau get caught. Kulikov basically gets the primary assist on the Sabres goal, turns the puck up right to... I believe it was Dylan Cousins, who looks like he's going to be an absolute stud for the Buffalo Sabres for years to come. Um, that, 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 that was a bad game. If, in fact, I would guess at practice on Friday, we're recording this Friday morning, obviously the Wild play the Panthers on Saturday, and, and the Panthers had a COVID scare on Thursday, and who knows if that game actually gets played and, on a matinee at the Excel Energy Center on Saturday afternoon. Um, but I, I would imagine, Judd, that Goudreau or Rask are scratched. One of the two is scratched going into yeah. that Panthers game. Pitlick yep. probably comes into the lineup. I mean, Fiala yesterday had a couple good shifts. The shoot, I mean, the, the that puck. I don't know if you watched back the shootout. The puck went off the damn goalie stick, Judd. Like, I mean, what, 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 what post? What other thing does this poor guy got to do not to get Kaprizov robbed of hit, a goal? Hit the post too. And, and Kaprizov hits the pipe. Hartman had three grade A chances. Like, I know you and I were talking about Ryan Hartman being a nice player. I think for the last basically calendar year. Um, since last season, and he's having a great year this year. He got robbed on a post. He got he threw his hands up in, in disgust when he couldn't believe he couldn't bury a feed at point blank range against Buffalo. Um, Hartman and that Hartman Kaprizov and Zuccarello had a great game. That line was fine. Everyone else was mostly forgettable. Um, but I, I would assume Pitlick comes into the lineup the, the next game. The Wild plays and probably for Goudreau or Rask and however they want to slide that other player out, they will. But. Goudreau or Rask were absolutely brutal yesterday. They were, I, I gotta, think, two of their worst skaters. I got to think that um, Rask gets scratched. Goudreau goes back to center. Yeah. Um, I, I think Dean is right or wrong, and it might be wrong. Dean, I think, is loathed to scratch Goudreau. I think he, he actually likes him. Uh, I don't like – the problem with Rask is and why I now just want him gone is I don't like this temptation to keep playing him because it, when's the last time that worked? Like when's the last time that you were two weeks into a Rask spurt of games and thought, man, this is really working out well now, you know, and I guarantee you he'll come back in next time he comes back in after the scratch, he'll probably score a goal. Like that's, it might not be his fault, but that type of crap reminds me of the old wild 
I'm back and see, I'm back now. And then it's like, and now I'm going to disappear. What do we know about Jared Spurgeon who, who missed um, a series of games a few weeks back because of, I believe it was described as a lower body injury, uh, came back, left last night after an innocuous uh, play. It sounds like he has, has aggravated the problem. And yeah, what, because that's uh, that's one that sounds like it could be a while. Uh, yeah, Dean was coy and wasn't coy about it. Uh, he said it's not good. He won't play tomorrow, um, as in won't play against the Panthers game, and said it's not good. I, I would envision it's probably at least out to week to week, at the, at the very least. I mean, he'll he'll probably miss at least a hand, half half dozen games here, so I'd be shocked if he played um, over the next few games. Not Not a good injury to lose. And so, uh, so Ben will scratch back in yep. or get back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a tough one um, yes. because I don't know how I don't know how you make up for that exactly. Um, in fact, I don't think that you probably you really do. Don't. This this team is, I in my opinion, this team is is not in in a position to make a trade if, if this is long term to upgrade the blue line. I think that they would probably go with what they currently have. And look, I do not. To be clear here, I don't think that Spurgeon going out last night had a thing to do with that loss. Like they just played no. like crap. No, yeah. So it's not like, well, if Jared Spurgeon had just been, if Jared Spurgeon could have played a complete game, that's a different game. No. And the one thing I really liked is that they did lose. Now they got a point, so it's a point, which I hate, but they got it. But um, I felt like. If they win, it, especially in a shootout, like they're going to get two points, and they're going to talk about, well, we, you know, we need to play a much better game, a more complete game, but at least we got two points or something like that. I was really just glad that they didn't win because that's that's the type of game. I'm curious from this standpoint, Declan. That's the type of game, in my opinion, if this team is truly different, which I do think it is. Yep, I'm not panicked. I'm not panicked. I think this is a very different collection of people. I think it's coached by a different guy. But this this game to me now, uh, if, if they do come back and are able to play the matinee on Saturday against the Panthers, this sets a tone for, okay, you can give us all the lip service that you want about practicing on Friday and how bad you played and you're mad right now. But we've sort of heard all of this before at different times. The old cliche is true here. The proof is in the pudding of what you now come back and do. And do you come back and look different? And I'm not talking about play mad for a period. Like, I'm not talking about we came out against the Panthers and showed them for a period. I'm talking about do you make a game like this? Do you not replicate this for months or maybe for the rest of the season? Do you now come back and say, because there is no reason. That game that we saw last night, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, we've seen before. There's no excuse for that. Like, there's an excuse to lose, and there's an excuse not to play your best. But to play uh, like you somehow think you're good, which is sort of what that game struck me as. Eh, it's Buffalo. Uh, watch, you know, watch me do my thing. Right. Um, that's old wild. And so what I so I don't necessarily need to hear how you are mad. I don't need to hear how you are going to practice now, and that's going to make a difference. I need to see the fundamental change of that was a one game in a season type of performance and we'll lose again and we won't always play great, but that was BS. Yep. Hey, you, you just can't, 
you can't perform like that against a bad team. Um, to our earlier point, like when you lose to Vegas, okay, Vegas is one of the best teams in the NHL. Makes sense. Like you went into a track meet with them. They were the better team that night. And it, it's just, that's hockey. It's going to happen. And when you lose to the Kings, the Kings aren't a great team. Um, you should have probably beat them. But it was a 2-1 game. It was back and forth. You didn't shoot yourself in the foot necessarily. You just lost. And, and that happens. But when you lose how you lost against that Sabres team to come out, I believe, being outshot like 20-6, to Judd, in the first uh, 20 minutes after the first period, um, that's, that's an unacceptable loss. What, what I think is, is encouraging and what we've talked about before is um, when, so when Cam Talbot comes out and says, that loss is on me. Um, I, I gave up rebounds. My rebound control is poor. I was responsible for the first goal. How many do you think? And let's just say some people in in the post game scrum also pointed this out as well. Uh, if the Wild lost that game with the old guard and Devin Dubnik wasn't net and had the same performance that Talbot did, do you think Devin Dubnik would have come in there and had the same words that Cam Talbot said? Oh hell no! Mm-mm. And he he and he would have talked about the bad bounce on that first goal. Right. Like his workaround wasn't necessarily to to directly blame teammates he he would blame oh man the bounce yeah. and you know and things happened and i couldn't so no now the one place i'd like cam to be careful is he knows full well he didn't lose that game correct um and and so i liked his quotes about we didn't play well we didn't and it's exactly right yep um uh, i don't think you need to i think you should fall on the sword of games that you do lose and goaltenders have bad games like they just have bad games and look he's going to have as good as he's been for what now Dex, the past month and a half or yeah, month he's been great um and he's been fantastic uh he's going to have games where he plays like horse bleep and in that case tell us i played like horse bleep sure. i wasn't good i don't need him to fall on the sword for a game in which he was damn near spectacular in which he got no support in which he stopped uh, six of six, I think, Buffalo power play shots. But yeah, I, I mean, compared to Dubnik, who would have blamed everything around him but him, yeah, it's that's great. But this all goes back to, I now want them to come out for the next extended period, and I want to see the results of that ain't happening. Not... We're mad, right. and just wait till we play the Panthers, and then in two weeks we'll just lay a clunker again. And I don't, I think, and just to be clear, to reiterate, I don't think they will do that. I think this is a different team, but this is sort of a nice, um, this is sort of a nice speed bump for them to prove that fully. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Uh, it might have been Jordan Greenway or John Merrill who said this is a wake up call in the post game press conference afterwards. This is John a wake-up Merrill. Call. I saw the quote. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this is a wake up call. Um, I mean, you're look. You have a three point lead still in the Central Division. Um, I know the Avs still have a couple games in hand on you. The Ducks, for God's sakes, have come out of absolute left field and are, are up there in the Pacific at the top of that standings. Th- this loss doesn't mean to start, you know, old man getting angry at the sky and and start, you know calling for heads and getting pissed off over a team that has gotten off to a great start, but they do have to rebound. This was a wake-up call. And for the players and coaches to come out and be pissed off about the game says everything to our point that that's an unacceptable loss to a bad team. Um, They have the Panthers coming up. I believe they're in Dallas again on Monday. And, you know, the NHL's COVID situation, the NFL's COVID situation right now is through the roof. And, you know, it's a really, very volatile, I think, situation, not just in sports, but in the world right now um, with, with COVID-19. And hopefully these games get, get played and hopefully, you know, people obviously stay safe and, 
and don't get too sick. But I, I just I just hope the Wild are able to bounce back, and I think they will. I'm to your point. Yeah, they'll they'll bounce back and they'll be absolutely fine. Um, my my just bigger scheme of it, as as we kicked off the top, was even with Boldy's injury, just how much longer can you have those guys in the minor leagues and baking and waiting? I saw one comment from Marco about Marco Rossi that well if 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 he kicks in and he plays ten games, that burns the first year of his ELC, and then you know. You know, Gary has to be careful with the cap. I'm at the point, and I get that, but if if you know you have the team right here, you can't be worried about year three, four, and Rossi's first real contract after his entry-level contract. If Rossi can help this team and make them better right now, you do not care about those first 10 days. They did the same thing with Joel Eriksson-Eck when he got called up. They didn't care about those first 10 days. Then Joel Eriksson-Eck ends up signing a very team-friendly deal four years after he debuts, right? Like, that part doesn't bug me. I do think eventually once Boldy gets healthy, or even if it's Adam Beckman that gets called up who had a nice preseason, I just I don't know how much longer you can play guys, or not even play, how seriously you can be taken with guys like Frederick Goudreau, Victor Rask, and Nico Sturm, etc., playing significant minutes for this team. They've done a great job to help the Wild get to this point, but if they're true contenders and they want to be taken seriously, I think those guys, and as in the young prospects, have to be called up eventually. So Sturm played 13, uh, 16 last night, and I think that fourth line is fine. They they didn't have a good game, sure. but I I, I think I think it's fine. So I, yeah, I am. If you can get Boldy healthy and playing for a prolonged period, I would love to, to see him as soon as possible because I do think that he makes a difference almost immediately. Um, and yeah, you're you're right. If Rossi can help you, like if you are confident that you're going to call him up, then that that's huge. The indictment at center that we're seeing now is, and it's sort of small, but it's very big. It's very important. The indictment of the lack of depth, like good depth, good depth. At that spot is the second power play where you don't have one now. Dude. Jordan Greenway is taking faceoffs. Jordan yeah. Greenway is, is, is your, is your de facto center. Um, that is an indictment and that speaks volumes to the lack of, you don't have. So basically what you're saying is after, after Eck is out there with the first power play, when you send that second unit over the boards, you now have decided it's best to forego a natural center. What does that say? And those are the type of things that are, if you're going to make a playoff run, that's a, that's a telling tale right there. So yeah, I, I mean, if if Marco Rossi can come up here and help you, I'm totally with you. The contract is just a non-factor. It's can he help you? Because you're going to have to. I really believe Declan as we watch this team more and more, and I like a lot of things that they bring. They are. I don't know that you can make any type of legitimate playoff run with the current Correct. depth or or lack thereof, at the pivot, as they like to say. That, that, that's my point about being taken seriously. The Wild have gotten to this point with the current roster, and that's fine. They deserve credit. Kudos. Good job. But you have to get better down the middle. The second power play unit of Greenway, Fiala, Felino, Brodine, Dumba. And I texted you, and I said, did you, did you see who the hell was on the ice for that second unit? Because I couldn't believe it either, because they were, they were drawing up that face-off, and Greenway is telling Fiala where to be, and I'm like, wait a minute, is Greenway about to take this draw? And and that's and that's when I and that's why I texted you. I was like, "Are you like are you week. watching the same bleep I'm watching from yeah. home?" Um, oh yeah. And I, I yeah, it's absurd. I mean, just quickly as as we wrap up here too, Judd. If just your gut 
on this trade idea because it was kicked around about a month ago. Just straight up trade. Kevin Fiala for JT Miller. You're the GM of the WoW. Would you make that trade right now? I would very strongly consider it. I think here's the problem. I think the Canucks, no, might not. The Canucks are white hot. I, I believe they are 5-0 and with Boots. And JT's a nice player. I like JT. Um, I think that trade was very much a product of the Canucks are in the tank. And, and that's the time when JT was ripping the team. Right. Well, now they're hot. Yep. And so, so would I consider that trade? Absolutely. With the Canucks? Probably not. And I don't, and here's the problem too. Does Bruce want right. Fiala back? There's a very good chance he'd be like, I'm good with the center. I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm, I'm, I think he, I don't know his position because Fiala started to turn on his game. I remember when Bruce got fired, that's when, that was when Fiala's hot streak started. I mean, he was like 18 right. points in a dozen games and then they fired yeah, Bruce out of the blue. I'm just saying, he might say uh, yes, he might say no, uh, but he but he might be like, I. but I, yeah, I don't think the Canucks are going to make a trade now to shake things up when the Canucks are playing well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, I think the opportunity to make that deal was probably based on one thing, the Canucks stunk. Yeah. So, all right, we will, uh, I don't know, what, what, back next week? Yeah, can, probably can back next week. we do it Saturday after the game? Um, we'll see. I'm just sitting here, so. Right. This depends on Declan Goff. And it does. His his busy social life. So busy. So busy. Okay, all right, I'm plug sorry. our stuff and uh, appreciate the people that watch and uh, tune us in on the various apps. Um, Declan, go ahead. Yeah, hit the subscribe button on this YouTube channel if you want daily Minnesota sports content, including Minnesota Wild Conversation with Judd Zolgat and myself. Also, we are the home of Mackie and Judd on this channel, so talks on the Timberwolves, Vikings, sometimes Twins, also Purple Daily. Uh, if you like Minnesota Vikings content, we're still pumping out content seven days a week. We'll have a vent line episode after the Chicago Bears affair on Monday Night Football. And I will say, who Judd loves his bobbleheads, I got a good gift for him. I got a little giveaway for him. He and wasn't there yesterday. Why didn't we know about Judd this? Judd Zolgad was the talk of the press box yesterday from the other beat writers to the PR staff saying, wait a minute, you're telling me the king of bobbleheads and the lover Ooh. of hockey is not in, in attendance for Jared Spurgeon bobblehead night. Exclusive Jared Spurgeon bobblehead night. I, it's got the 20-year patch on it, the C's on it, Judd. This well, is a nice bobblehead. You know, this is awesome. So I, I have I one for you. So I, I have I one for you. Patrick Donnelly, friend of the show, graciously gave up his. He, he said the only thing, maybe buy him a beer at Bunny's when you have a chance. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think you'll take the trade, a bobblehead for a beer. I will. I will. My question is, can somebody please inform me when the Kaprizov one is yes. coming? I do not want to miss that one. We'll, we'll, we'll get in touch with PR for that. But uh, until then, yeah, we'll be back here probably later this week. We'll see if the Wild get out this night and pass shoot score. There it is. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.